2: you'll find it weeknights on joy 94.9 something for
3: everybody
1: do you want to hold your own in a sports conversation get a better pub quiz score or just like the sound of two boys talking about ball sports then join ben and Rolly in the locker room on joy 94.9
2: Welcome into the locker room on Joy 94.9, your show for news, views and interviews about sport and our community. Thanks to Chris from Crash for bringing Melbourne home in the drive slot. Did an amazing job, three hours by himself. Pretty impressive effort. And also thanks to Gary Wilson. Gary, you can join us in the locker room anytime. There's always room in the showers. Uh, from the news desk, of course, that's the last time uh, till you'll hear the news in the morning. Uh, tonight, we open up the locker room, sweep away a pile of sweaty workout gear and continue our conversation conversation about local, national, and of course, our international sport from a queer point of view. If you've been listening to The Locker Room in the last few months, you'll know that my name is Mark Rowland, and I am joined on the massage tables tonight by Smithy and Adam Welcome Boys.
4: That was quite a lot of locker room innuendo in that <laughs> intro, Mark. I
5: don't know who wrote that for you. <laughs> that was quite a... Oh, that was quite wonderful.
2: It was amazing what when you put it on the auto queue. What, what you know, what you can get me to read. But anyway, <laughs> what's on the show tonight, Smitty?
4: Uh, well, if you're looking for ways to shed those winter kilos, we look at the CrossFit craze that's sweeping gyms across the country. And Robert, you're also going to have a look at new and emerging fitness crazes to give our listeners the inside edge.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. So we're uh, we're picking ten at the moment. So I'm going to walk, walk people through those the next crazes.
4: All right, I can't wait. Uh, We also take the very bold risk of talking to an Englishman about cricket Uh, in the wake of another Ashes batting collapse by the Australians in Durham. Uh, We'll be joined by Duncan Irvine from the Graces Cricket Club, which is a gay team in the UK. Uh, Maybe we can also talk about the Southern Stars, the Aussie women's team. They're doing pretty well. Oh, fantastic. Um, We bring you up to date with all the latest from the Out Games in Antwerp, where Team Melbourne has been putting an impressive effort on the field. Plus, we give you the latest on the accusations against Essendon for bringing our great game of Australian rules into disrepute and a look at what's coming up this week in sport.
2: Look, we won't talk too long on it, I hope, Smithy, but I think it's worth covering because it's a big issue in Melbourne. So, uh, look, here in the locker room, of course, we like a little bit of argy-bargy and a bit of interaction with our listeners. If you have an opinion about what you hear on the show tonight, we would love to hear what you think or perhaps you have a particular interest in something sporting, or maybe I make a blooper and you just want to tell me off, uh, send us a text on 0427 JOY949 or email us at au. We, of course, love social media, and you can link to our Facebook page and Twitter feed via the JOY website. So we're not going to do the usual slot tonight of Rollie's Roundup, so there's no need for the... Uh, Adam I, to put I, can't, the, I can't
5: cue the auto music anymore? No,
2: you can't put the news. We're actually going to jump straight in and, and we're going to hit it, uh, Smithy. So tell us, AFL, James Heard, Essendon, what's going on?
4: Yeah, so they're bringing the game into disrepute. Um, who knew that you could bring the game of AFL into, into disrepute any more than it already has been by the likes of Brendan Favola, but hey... Um, <laughs> The the rule very specifically says a person must not engage in conduct which is unbecoming or likely to prejudice the interests of the reputation of the AFL or to bring the game of football into disrepute.
2: And this is what uh, Melbourne got done for, wasn't it? When when they were suspected of... Tanking. tanking. Yeah, oh, yeah we mm-hmm. can say tanking. All right, tanking. So it's, it's the AFL's catch-all.
4: Like, they just get to throw this rulebook at anyone when they do things they don't like terribly much. It's really important for everyone to understand that Essendon have not been accused of doping their players, and their players have not been accused yet of taking any illegal substances. In fact, what's been said is they don't have any evidence that Essendon players have taken any
2: illegal substances yet. So how do you actually prove this? I mean, how do you actually prove that you've bought something into disrepute? I can't say. Yeah, um, <laughs> it, it is
4: hard to understand. I mean, Brendan Favolo, you know, peeing on on in Paran after a night out. Yeah, you know, that probably would bring the game into disrepute. But he probably wasn't charged under this rule. So, like, what's the threshold? What do you have to prove? Um, we we do know that there'll be a hearing before the AFL Commission on the 26th of August. And that's when the, the chart the evidence will be laid, and sN will have a chance to respond to these charges
2: so you're you're an ex lawyer aren't you yeah yeah by trade recovered so, lawyer so, <laughs> but what i can 't understand you're a lawyer, you go to university, you do the training how how would you how would you even put a case like... I mean, no, who practices this type of law, you know, bringing games into disrepute. How what, what, Lawyers would be involved, I assume? Oh,
4: there are going to be so many lawyers involved in this, it's just not funny. So and is
2: it a civil dispute? I mean, is it,
4: you know... Well, it's, it's a dispute adjudicated under the AFL's own rules, and that's the, the strange thing about it. And, in fact, there's some people, actually, lawyers out there suggesting the AFL Commission should not hear the decision, the, the issue. They should get an independent body to actually consider the matter because they have a conflict of interest. This well, sounds
2: a little bit like the NRL... Um, um, you know the funding scam. Well, not the funding scam. The um, the salary cap. Ah, oh, look, it's you got know, all the hallmarks of that. And Absolutely. The N- and the NRL, they were the ones who were the judge and the jury and and the prosecutor. Yeah. So it sounds like the same similar scenario. The people that are collecting the information are also going to be the ones that prosecute the club. And, and I agree that should be that should not be able to to happen.
5: I mean, for, for starters, you have all of these committees coming out saying this, this, and that, and that. But in reality, the media shouldn't have said anything. You know, it shouldn't have been released to the media when it fir- when the AFL first found out about it, and a private investigation should have ensued until you know, all the information could have been gathered. Now it's just turned into one big, excuse the uh, expression, a shitstorm, and now we've got, you know, you're going to tarnish players' names, James Hurd is struggling to clear his name. There's there's no winning out of this, is there?
4: Yeah, and look, I imagine Essen's defence will be something along the lines of, how can have we brought the game into disrepute when you can't establish that we've actually given any illegal substances to any players? And I think what the case they're building against them is to say that there were f- such failures of governance and of record-keeping and of oversight at Windy Hill, you had players going off, getting things jabbed into them and no one really knew what it was, that that's setting up a culture where doping could take place even if it didn't actually take place. So I think that's the essence of the argument the AFL is running.
2: I just wish um, we could have a quick and easy, you know, uh, finish to it. Either just whip the points off them or find them and let's just move on.
4: Well, it's going to go a lot longer this because Asada's investigation is not actually finished. Um, so we, this, there still may be charges brought against the players for taking illegal substances, and Asada has been given new powers by the federal parliament to undertake coercive investigations. So we're not at the end of this by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs>
1: You're inside the locker room with Ben and Rolly on Joy 94.9.
2: Joy 94.9. We're going to continue the AFL discussion just a little bit because it was the women's grand, uh, women's footy grand final in the weekend, Smithy.
4: Yeah, and congratulations to the Darabin Falcons who claimed their sixth premiership cup in eight years uh, after beating uh, Diamond Creek by 49 points in the final, and that's actually an undefeated season for them. So congratulations to the girls.
2: Uh, so, w- are we going to have them in soon?
4: Oh, I think so yeah in a couple of weeks and we'll
2: have them on. Oh brilliant it'd be good to find out about uh, a bit more about the Darabin Falcons and how people can get involved. Smithy if the idea of starting your day in the gym fills you with fear you might prefer starting your day off with a rave. This might be the best way you can burn calories by raving. You must have done that back in a few a few years ago did you? Uh look
4: you know deep deep in the past I wouldn't dare go to something like that now.
2: Well, producers Sam Mayo and Nico Tomes have started a new club morning in Shoreditch in London as part of their new gym after trialling the idea at festivals. We're going to have a bit of a listen to the clip now. Uh, maybe-
6: Way into the day is us turning clubbing on its head. It's from 6:30 till 10:30 in the morning, and um, the idea is that people wake up instead of going to the gym or you know pottering around in their rooms or doing whatever. They come here, um, drop in any time. Massage a superfood smoothie some of the some coffee um, Lots of hugs and just general love and fun before going to work You know the hula-hooping we had that sort of festival environment just bringing it back in and saying actually guys This is you love it. You can do it and you actually don't need all the drugs and drink and that was one of the reasons of doing it on a Wednesday morning, just to filter out after-parties. Not that we don't...
7: We've noticed the habit of when people start getting really serious jobs or they have a family or they want to live free of alcohol and drugs, then they almost stop partying and stop dancing in that way. So we thought that was a shame. And so really Morning Glory is like a revolution of conscious clubbing and for for us I think it's really important to get people embodied um, and dancing and moving freely because we, you know, so many of us are so rigid and stuck and bound, you know, spending like 10 hours a day wilting at a desk. And the antidote to that is, of course, movement.
6: For the last one, actually, we had some people write into us and say how energetic and inspired and how much more creative their days went. You
7: know, it's so different from people getting up and going to the gym, for instance, which is a very structured, sagittal um, kind of environment, which is probably quite similar to their working environment in some ways. And I think the unique thing about dance, and improvised dance in particular, is it actually asks people to engage with their imagination
2: and also start relating to other
7: people and to space in a completely different way.
2: Well, Smithy, that's uh, Morning Rave. Look, it sounded a little bit sophisticated for me. Love massages uh, a little bit. I mean, it could be quite a good thing. I reckon it sounds like fun. I'd bring my glow sticks. And brightly coloured clothing. Well, that's right. Go down in your dressing <laughs> gown. Hey, look, um, there's quite a, another close, and we'll be talking about it a little bit later, No Lights, No Lycra, which is a bit of a, uh, a rave in the dark at night, which also is uh, happening here in Melbourne now on Wednesday. So that may also take off. Um, something you would be interested in? Oh, I don't like the idea of not being able to see things at the gym. That might get a bit difficult. I might drop something on my foot, I think. Oh, look, once you come accustomed to the, the darkness and you're in there waving your arms around, you'll never you'll never have an issue. Uh, Smithy, being a bit of a gym-orientated show tonight, what we're going to do is uh, we've got on the phone Adam from uh, CrossFit, because this is a uh, very interesting sport. If you're like me... You are already looking forward to hitting the beach this summer. Then I guess it is time to start work on a body beautiful. If you get bored running on the treadmill and fancy trying things something new, what about CrossFit? To tell us more, we are joined by Scott War, the owner and head of head coach of CrossFit Victoria. Scott, tell us a bit more about CrossFit. Yeah, thanks
0: for having me on, guys. Uh, CrossFit, I guess the standard line from CrossFit HQ is that it's constantly varied functional movement at high intensity. What does that mean, basically, is that it's always different and we do natural movements and the heart rate goes up.
2: Scott, you've got a lot of jargon in in, uh, CrossFit. Um, What's the Filthy 50?
0: The Filthy 50, it's one of our workouts where it's uh, 10 different movements and 50 reps of each movement. So it's a lot of the CrossFit workouts are for time, they're against the clock, so it's a bit of a race. So when
4: you sorry go on,
0: yeah. So in the filthy fifty, there's fifty box jumps, fifty pull ups, fifty kettlebell swings, walking lunges, knees to elbows, push press, back extensions, wall balls, burpees, and double unders.
4: So that's quite a lot of jargon. Do you actually explain that to people when they join?
0: Yeah, we do. I think with the um, abbreviations, make it easy to identify things. Especially, we write all the workouts up on the whiteboard, so rather than writing the whole thing out. Quick, short abbreviations just make it a bit easier.
5: Not to worry, Scott. As a, as a training uh, PT as myself, I'll bring the boys up to the lingo after the show. I'll take them out to the gym and uh, teach them everything about it as well. Perfect.
2: Um, Scott, the fittest man in the world is reportedly uh, a CrossFit addict. Is it? Uh, do you think it's all down to CrossFit or do you think he's just uh, a bit of an addict?
0: Look, I think a lot of the people that are now at CrossFit at the really high end have had a very strong background in some sport previously. Uh, most of these guys, especially in the States, are college athletes that have performed at a high level. So they've had a very strong training background. And CrossFit at its core is essentially a strength and conditioning program. So these guys have all done some form of strength and conditioning in the past.
2: Look, I'm not sure I probably need to be that fit. Is it? Uh, have you got something sort of a bit more medium-paced or is it sort of boot camp so it's all very hardcore?
0: No, it's definitely totally scalable. The thing about CrossFit is back in the day when it first started, it wasn't really about the sport side of it. I relate it to say, you're just playing in a social basketball league, compared to training to be a professional basketballer in the NBA, so that side of training, really high and professional, is only a very small percentage of the people. Everybody else is just doing it for general fitness and a bit of fun.
4: So when you talk about the sport side of it, does that mean there's a competitive side to CrossFit as well?
0: Definitely, the CrossFit games are just finished uh, in America. Starts with the Open, which is worldwide, anyone can compete. Then you go to Regional level, which is for Australia and New Zealand. The top uh, 50, male and female. And the top three at Regionals go to America.
2: Jeez, it uh, sounds like, you know, it's funny because with all these sort of things that come out, people start to say, oh, is it a fad? But, I mean, CrossFit's been around since, what, 2000? You've now got the CrossFit Games. It sounds like it may be here to stay.
0: Yeah, definitely. I've been CrossFitting since 2006, so over seven years. Um, CrossFit's been going for well over ten years now. So there was uh, when I started about three gyms in Australia, and uh, I think we we're in the first hundred or so worldwide. There's now about seven thousand gyms worldwide. So,
4: so if if people are listening tonight and they think CrossFit that sounds like good fun, and am I going to you know get some good abs out of it? What should they do?
0: Hit up your local affiliate. Uh, we're CrossFitVictoria.com and uh, find one close by. Make sure you go to an experienced CrossFit. There's a lot of new CrossFits out there. You want to go to somebody that has a really solid elements program and a lot of experience, like if you're seeking out any trainer.
2: Thanks so much for joining us tonight, Scott. It was uh, good just to get a bit of a a glimpse of CrossFit. It sounds uh, quite interesting. If you're looking for uh, a new exercise regime on your run-up to summer, then this might be it. You're in the locker room on Joy 94.9.
1: The Locker Room. Come in and get changed. Sports news, views and interviews for our community. Join 94.9.
2: Look, it's federal election time. It's a bit of a lolly scramble. Tony Abbott's got the $70 billion hole. Just chuck the, you know, gyms in every city with raves in there as well. Who's going to know? Um, Look, World Out Games is going on at the moment over in Antwerp. So uh, finished a couple of days ago. Of course, more than 5,000 athletes from 100 countries competing in Antwerp. And, of course, Team Melbourne was over there uh, representing us and did extremely well. Uh, So we'll give you a bit of a – we've had a bit of an update from the ambassador, uh, Lorraine Little. So the volleyball B men, uh, they got bronze and the C men got fifth. And Lorraine's written, me, she got silver. Oh, so, by herself? Yeah, I may <laughs> She's didn't... unstoppable, isn't she? I know. So the other two teens made up of me and could barely, uh, they got a bronze and a fifth and she came out with the silver. So well done, Lorraine, if you're listening. Um, in the tennis, um,
4: what we've won is silver medals in both A grade singles and doubles, um, a gold medal in the B grade singles and silver medal in the B grade doubles. Uh, and a bronze medal in the A-grade singles.
2: I think you must have missed. Uh, TJ from A schools. of course, got the silver medals in both A-grade singles and doubles. She is very good. There you
4: go. Um, And in swimming, apparently a swag of medals across all ages and teams, Uh, lots of personal bests, and one swimmer nearing several national records.
2: But the, the Melbourne Surge, eh? Gold. So they look like they're gonna be uh they're gonna come back and uh, be very cheery.
4: And beating Sydney no less, that's pretty exciting.
2: oh very exactly right. They would have and, loved that one. Oh no, so and uh running, not sure of age, calorie, but but Malcolm has told Lorraine that's silver in the marathon. So um it sounds like we've done pretty good with the running team over there as well. well there you go. He's the team Melbourne president as well, so
4: good stuff by Malcolm.
2: Um, interesting article that's come out. Um, so Nick Simmons, uh, who is a US middle distance runner, has dedicated his 800 meter silver medal to the gay and lesbian community. How cool is that?
4: Yeah, um, he's a bit of a bit of a cutie as well, and I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty chuffed by this guy actually. Here's what he said: um, As much as I can speak out about it, I believe that all humans deserve equality, um, as however God made them. Um, whether you're gay, straight, black or white, we all deserve the same rights. If there's anything I can do to champion the cause and further it, I will shy of getting arrested.
2: Here, so, here. So, here. what a hero! What a great man! It takes us into a bit of a segue, doesn't it? So, we'll be doing a little bit of an, uh, a bit of a, an Olympic show next week. Um, so, we'll try and get a few guests in to talk about this. But you know, what a great thing that you know, especially that he is in Moscow. Well, couldn't he be held up with the propaganda law? Isn't, we- isn't that gay propaganda? Well, he could be. I guess it'd be a pretty brave move by the Russian officials to arrest an American. So I'm not quite
4: sure they'll do that. But of course, there are calls for people to boycott the Winter Olympics in Sochi, and I think uh, that's something we should definitely have a look into at the locker room.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think next week we well, we interviewed Greg Leganus earlier in the season, uh, and you know he was talking about in Moscow when they uh, boycotted back in the I think it was 1980. Yeah, that's right. Um, You know, these guys train every day, they commit their lives to it, and then that one point every four years, I can't help but think, you know, then they're pulled into a sort of a bit of a political debate and then they're forced to then boycott something. So I think at the time it was the Afghanistan War. So I know that's still a big event, but it is hard, isn't it, to say, well you know you've done all this training but sorry there's a a bigger political cause than than you competing uh to try and put forth this type of boycott
4: yeah and plenty of people say the olympic games should be above politics it doesn't really matter what the host country is doing and plenty of host countries have done some pretty nasty things as well so we shouldn't be making those judgments. We should just be coming together as one and all
5: holding hands and forgetting about mm. this stuff. But, but is it so much the case now that before it used to be all about sports and the athletes and these achievements that they're breaking, but now it just seems really political. You know, it just seems, it's taken it away from sport and now it's just, you know, unenjoyable well, to the extent of that we have to worry about everything else that's going on and not just focus on the joy of sport.
2: Well, the thing is it's as well that, um, you know, every couple of years we actually allocate these games so this conversation about Russia holding it should have been held at that time. So on the 17th of September, they decide who holds the 2020 Olympics. So it's between currently between Istanbul, Tokyo and Madrid. So, you know, if there are discussions around if, human, if they want to take into account human rights, then talk about it when they award the bid. You know, it's the same thing with China. They awarded the bid to Beijing and then um, decided to have the conversation about human rights a year out. And the same thing with Sydney, um, when they talked about, um, we don't do anything wrong, though, in Australia. We're perfect. Oh, well. No one would want to boycott the games in Australia. We don't do anything wrong here, do we? We're no, the best country in the world.
4: Yes,
1: we're perfect.
2: Uh, look, it's 24 minutes to 8. You're in the locker room on Joy and 94.9.
1: The Locker Room with Ben and Rolly on Joy 94.9.
2: Have so far been has been a pretty forgettable series, to be honest. Even the weather seems to have been against them. With only one test match in the series remaining, can they salvage something from the tour? We're now joined by Duncan Irvine from Grace's Cricket Club, a gay team in the UK. Welcome to The Locker Room, Duncan.
3: Hi, thank you. It's nice to hear the ashes being mentioned again and again.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, we can't wait. As a pom, you must
4: be pretty happy at the moment then.
3: Well, you know, we're, it's it's it. You know, it's nice. We, we'll we'll revel in it while we're doing well. For so long we've been under under the boot of the Aussie team.
2: It must be kind of weird to sort of switch from wanting it to rain, back to wanting the sunshine, <laughs> isn't it? Isn't that sort of kind of ironic?
3: Well, uh, irony is a good a, a good uh, a good thing. We think, yeah,
2: good. From your point of so, view, where know, where do you think it, the Aussie... Old... Oh. Sorry, sorry, Duncan, you go ahead.
3: No, I was just going to say, I mean, currently I think we, we have a better team, but maybe maybe we'll lose when we play you in the winter, who knows.
2: Oh, that's right, you're coming out. Um, yeah. where, where do you think the Aussies went wrong this season?
3: I think they just don't have enough good players. They lost too many good players at once, I think. Uh, and it takes time. I mean, England went through <laughs> 20 years of, of terrible play, and now they have a good team. Not, not as great as we think it is, I think, but a, a good team you know and, and then, australia have some good players but not enough yet
4: and they've been a little bit unlucky too with you know losing one test by only a handful of runs and then really being in the box seat in the third test and being defeated by the rain do, do they have a chance at all in the final test do you think
3: well yeah absolutely absolutely I, I mean as you say i mean it looked it looked until the last day that they might well win uh, in fact till the last session that they might well win the last test quite easily but um that's that's cricket. I mean, that's that's the beauty of this sport. He can turn in in half an hour, and that's
2: what he did. You know. Don't D- uh, yeah. Let's move on from the Ashes. I'm sick of talking Absolutely. about that. It's terrible. Asha. I want to know more about the Graces Cricket Club because I don't actually think we've got a gay cricket club. Even though you know, even though I googled it here in Australia, I couldn't find one. So, Absolutely. I think it's great to have one of our national sports at least. Uh, a gay club somewhere in the world. So tell us a little bit about how you guys are set up, what you do, how often you play.
3: Sure. Well, we started off in 96 and it started as a sort of supporters group. Uh, we we thought we'd get together some people. Uh, I, I run a bar in, in London called Central Station and we got some people together uh, for a meeting and there was about half a dozen people and we thought it'd be nice to go to cricket with other gay people. And it, it just from then, within a year, we had enough people interested to actually... Uh, who actually wanted to play. So it became uh, a playing club as well. And uh, it's just grown from there. Now we we play about 25 games a season. We win about half of them. Um, You know, it's great fun. Um, But we are, as far as we know, the only gay team in the world.
4: So you're Uh, based in London?
3: Yeah, yeah. In in and around London is where we tend to play, sure.
4: Um, And... And and you're playing for one of a better word in you know, a mainstream cricket competition. How do Absolutely. they?
3: Absolutely. Well, yeah. I mean, we're, it's amazing. I mean, uh, cricket. I think is, is is still in some ways a, a gentlemanly sport. We we've encountered over all these years, we've encountered hardly any prejudice um, um, from from any of the teams we've met. One or two mutterings, but but nothing much. And and uh, uh, you know, it, it, it's great. We we are a, uh, we play good cricket. You know, we, we we don't dress in pink. And, you know, I, I remember when we went to Brighton, which is quite a gayish place in the UK, and uh, the local paper was taking our uh, group photograph and it said, can't you be a bit gayer? <laughs>
4: <laughs> Do you mind flapping your arms a little bit for us?
3: <laughs> we we didn't quite know whether we should be standing like teapots or, or, quite <laughs> one, yeah, or kissing each other. You know? yeah. I mean, that was about 10 years ago. But, I mean, that was that's the nearest we've come to, you know... Uh, but we, we'd rather be on the sports pages than, than on you know, on social comment pages. We, we, it's, it's not even... We don't ask people whether they're gay or not when they play us. It. It's, it's a gay-friendly team. Uh, most of the, most of the guys are gay. Uh, some aren't. So- but even now, I mean, there is quite a lot of prejudice around sport, uh, and there's only one uh, gay cricketer out in the UK who's been very well supported, it's good to say. But a lot of our team... Uh, have had to, when they've been playing for other teams, have had to make up and pretend to have girlfriends and, and all of this stuff. So it still exists in its own way, the, the prejudice.
2: So you've got a couple of straight players in the team as well? Is that what you sort of yeah, said? Yeah,
3: probably. I mean, I, oh. we, don't, we don't do a test. Uh,
2: uh, you don't do the yeah, Lippner's uh, test. I yeah, nah. don't <laughs> know how that one would go on. Ten questions to try and figure out. Ask yeah, them uh, name a few crazy. Kylie songs. Or... <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you know, we, we
3: have a couple of... Uh, street, a couple of buyer uh, guys, you know, I mean, you know, and some people who, you know, uh, maybe uh, Asian guys who, who can't come out in their own community, and can't come out in the family, um, you know, who use a different name for the, for the scorecards, because that's that's the way life is at the minute, it's, it's still bad.
2: Isn't that funny, because um, you think about London, and, and of course when I go over to London with my partner, that you, you think that um, that type of prejudice or, or making up. You know, having to be straight that wouldn't be relevant. But you're sort of saying it still is that you sort of oh, have absolutely. to make up. You I know, mean, I'm going out with Cheryl or something along those lines.
3: Yeah, it, it's fine in, in in Soho and it's fine in Vauxhall. You know, two centres in in, in London. But you go. Down, I mean, I live in in uh, and I, I'm not. <laughs> I live in Walthamstow and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Walthamstow but the It's Grey one of the better boroughs of, of, of London, and uh, you couldn't really walk down the High Street holding hands with your boyfriend. I mean you know, it wouldn't be done and there'd be a lot of comment and and some aggression. And that's in London in 2013. You know, so, you know, it was interesting, you're talking about uh, Russia and things. I mean, we have things at home that are quite as they should be, you know, but... um, you know, we'd love there to be more gay teams and we'd love there to be uh, an Aussie gay team. That would be terrific.
4: Yeah, and I was just thinking that if there are some people listening tonight who like cricket and wouldn't want to get a team together, what would you say to them? Would you be keen to take them on an Ashes series? Huh,
3: we'd love it. We'd love it, particularly in London. Lots of Aussies in London. Uh, we we love an Ashes team. And I, I was thinking, actually, um, before I came on, we, we could actually play for the Ashes. We could get together some of the... Homophobic legislation from Australia and and from uh, Britain. Burn it. And we'd have our own
2: gay ashes. <laughs> you, have, you have done a lot of thinking about yeah. this, haven't you? The, the, yeah, no, the gashes. No, that doesn't <laughs> work, does it? <laughs> it <gashes>. doesn't work. <laughs> 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 don't know about that one. No, I like it. So I, I, I don't know. I'm sparking a few ideas here. I think we've got we to get this... It real up. meaning, wouldn't it? it yeah, I think really we great. could do it every... What is it? How often is the ashes? Every four years or every two years? Yeah, two
3: years, I think.
2: No. Yeah, every two and a bit years, yeah. Yeah, yeah
3: no, I like it. That would what? Be really great. If there are any Aussies, particularly in, in, in London, we'd love... To We actually have an Aussie captain at the moment. Uh,
4: Aussies in London? No, I never heard of any Aussies (laughs) in
3: London. What are you talking about? Yeah, I know. They're all all butch guys who go off these clubs.
2: Yeah. Oh look, Duncan, it's been great talking tonight. And um, look, I think this idea of having the ashes uh, has definitely got some validity. So look, me and Smithy will go away and see whether or not we can um, have a bit of a practice with our batting and bowling. Um, That's thank you. Could
3: I just give one quick? Yeah, of course. A website. shout out, yes. Yeah, it's cricket or One word. Or else just Google
2: gear cricket. So if you're an Aussie and you're travelling to London and feel like uh, trying to get a pint shouted for you, go and join Grace's Cricket. I'm sure they will uh, buy you um, some warm, Absolutely flat guaranteed. beer. Um, thanks so much for joining us in the locker room tonight. You're on Joy
1: 94.9. Sports news, views, and interviews for our community. The locker room with Ben and Rolly on Joy 94.9.
2: We're inside
5: the locker room with Rolly, Smithy and Adam. Going to throw back to Rolly, what have we got on the on the uh, email feed?
2: Uh, we've just had a message in about the Melbourne Rovers. Uh, they've just emailed us and the Melbourne Rovers of course are the gay and lesbian soccer club. A night of fun and fundraising. All funds going towards hosting this year's Pride Football Weekend in October, hosted by the wonderful Miss Dolly Diamond. Fantastic prizes, fun, games, prize awarded to best dressed and best dressed up, drinks at bar prices, BYO snacks oh geez, I like a snack Uh, places are limited, pre-purchase your tickets now, they'll be at the Edinburgh Gardens community room near the Old Fitzroy Football Club Grandstand Entry Uh, I think that's somewhere near Brunswick Street in my little suburb of North Fitzroy, the tickets are $20, Uh, you can email the Rovers Jets Bingo at Outlook.com, so I probably didn't mention, it's actually a bingo night. I love bingo. And I can imagine you're, you're quite a regular at a lot of these events. You're a bit of a socialite, aren't you, Smithy? Yeah, I just I like to
5: get around. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. My mind just went way out the window then.
2: Um look guys, at the early in the night I promised to bring you what I felt was the next top ten crazes uh in terms of fitness fads. So we're gonna have a bit of a, a look through what we're what's trending or what's coming forth. Uh, so exercise should be a fun of course It is a great way to feel feel fit and make new friends However running on a treadmill can be pretty repetitive And Smithy you're probably the last person in Melbourne Still to be doing Billy Blank's Thai Bow Oh my secret shame I can't believe you've outed me In front of everyone <laughs> uh, The first one we've got So if you like theatrical dancing uh, Is Bakwa Adam, you may want to trade in your Zumba maracas for bakwa, the latest craze stepping onto the dance floor. Bakwa is a cardio workout fusing conditioning with customary African dance to create a full body workout. Sounds amazing. Don't know how I'd go with African dance. Well, this is a great thing. So if you're just as uncoordinated as me. Um, And that's very uncoordinated, can I say? (laughs) You could still still join in, because basically the steps are all made out of spelling basic numbers, letters, and the odd word. So basically, if you've passed year four, you should be able to bakwa. Bakwa, is it? Bakwa, bakwa. I'm trying to get my African right. An extension of bakwa is the bakwa flash mob, which has proven to be quite popular for those with too much time on their hands. So those people who like spin class or cycling sick of looking at yourself cycling on a stationary bicycle at the gym why not take a vacation virtual cycling is taking off in Australia so they've already got two places in Sydney the class utilises a large projector to simulate scenery and environments from all around the world whether you're pedalling the pavement in New York a sailing the Alps or annoying Shane Warne on St Kilda Road and it's it's BWA virtual Lycra I think <laughs> <laughs> it sounds amazing doesn't it yeah
4: Lance Armstrong could have just Hit fast forward and would have saved himself all that doping scandal. <laughs> 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 I
2: love it. Uh, continue with the cycling, sort of seems to still be holding it. Psych Loki finally provides an opportunity to sing your way into shape. Now, this is actually for real, I'm not being stupid, it's, it's quite popular in America. It aims to get you exercising at your optimal heart rate, so if your re of the Queen's bicycle race is proliferated with panting, then you should ease off a little. So what they do is that you, by by singing while you're cycling, they can gauge whether or not you should go harder or faster, or maybe you should just stay in America. Well, maybe, then again, if you're bowing out either tiger with ease, then maybe you should pedal a bit. What faster. with lancing,
4: I fought the law on the law one.
2: <laughs> I will survive. <laughs> I will. Uh, and the other one is soul cycling. Uh, you can do your normal strength exercises. However, while cycling sounds incredibly safe. Uh, As we mentioned before, No Lights, No Lycra is taken off here in Melbourne. Uh, It's great if you really don't want to see anybody else or yourself. Uh, Basically, on Wednesdays, you can go and pretty much dance in the dark. Uh, Have a look at their website. It's quite interesting. Um, It's really for there's no light, there's no Lycra, there's no teacher, there's no steps to learn, no technique, just free movement. Uh, It's pretty daggy, non-pretentious place to be completely yourself, the website says. Yeah, I'm going to mm. pass on that. Well, right, we'll try. We'll get the on to see if they can talk you into it. What about what
4: about something Harry Potter?
2: Oh, look, I, I don't know about this. I I'm going to read it anyway because it's it's actually supposed to be organised. Any mention of Quidditch, I usually just just pr- plays over. But basically, um, you can take part in Quidditch. You just need a broomstick and some weird rules and don't mind if you look a little bit silly but no people have been doing this in Brisbane so it seems to be quite popular in Brisbane at the moment uh, apparently the snitch is someone like dressed in gold
5: running around yeah that's uh, my uh, my former roommate who's from France his brother plays quidditch in uh, back home in in France and we we're watching all these videos of him and his team and it was uh, it, you had you really had to hold yourself from laughing because it does look you know it, they consider it a sport but it does look really weird
2: so basically guys lace up those runners, mount up and seat the snitch is the way to go. Um, Thug workout. Basically, this is an interesting one that's taking uh, off in Chicago and some of the uh, projects. Thug Workout is fitness from the streets, produced by Rough Riders, a hip hop collective. This work shows you, workout shows you how to transform playground equipment, picnic tables, street signs, scaffolding, and private property into your own gym. Bring
4: your own chains and knuckle dusters. <laughs>
2: I love it. Yeah. <laughs> It's fantastic. So, um, look, we were going to play some of the workout video, but the music is pretty rough. Uh, Last but least which we're going to do. Uh, The other two that I'm going to mention is backwards running. So if you feel like you're going backwards in life, why not take up backwards running? Only point is, uh, only problem is I'm not sure your health insurer will enjoy uh, you running around backwards everywhere. I'm always too scared to run backwards. I'm always looking over my shoulder going, oh, I'm going to hit something. (laughs) And if you enjoy hammocks or slings, then anti-gravity yoga is for you. By settling into a supportive silky sling, you can exercise off the ground and remove a significant amount of stress from your body combining elements of yoga, dance, and aerial arts.
4: And I'm going to let that one about slings just go right through to the keeper. <laughs> I'm just not going to go
2: there. And uh, last of all, at the end of the year, you can now race a horse in the horse marathon. So um, it's only only two people in the 32 history of the marathon in England have actually beaten the horse, so sounds quite exciting. Um, you're in the locker room on Joy 94.9.
1: Do you want to hold your own in a sports conversation? Get a better pub quiz score or just like the sound of two boys talking about ball sports? Then join Ben and Rolly in the locker room on Joy 94.9.
2: Smithy, what's coming up this week in sport that may be
4: of interest? Well, I think the one thing we should talk about is the Bledisloe Cup. Uh, this, this weekend sees the start of the first game in the three-match series in Sydney uh, with the Wallabies taking on the All Blacks for the battle for rugby supremacy. And um, as always, the All Blacks will probably win. But it's, it's the new coach here McKenzie's first outing with the Wallabies. So look, maybe they can pull out something special.
2: In the most horrible stadium in the country. But anyway, we'll move well, which, on. Which I'll be
4: at, which is pretty exciting. Ah. Um, in other news, uh, the Melbourne Storm play the Newcastle Knights at Hunter Stadium. And the Storm are on a bit of a roll at the moment. They're looking pretty good. They're heading into the finals with their head of steam after a big, big win last week in Melbourne. Against the Rabbitohs? Yeah.
2: Jeez, how pretty, much?
4: Uh, by, by quite a lot. I can't quite remember the score. but um, And also the World Athletics Championships are finishing up with uh, our own hometown favourite, Sally Pearson, hoping to repeat her victory from the London Olympics. I like Sally Pearson. Yeah, I, I, I think she is. I, I've liked her ever since she won that Goldman Olympics and almost swore on national television. That was pretty good.
2: Yeah, she's my kind of girl.
1: Thanks for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9.